Hello, and welcome to Dodecahedron, a podcast by, for, and about role players. I'm Jess Fenners. And I'm Colin Lamote. Every week we get together to talk about a range of gaming-related topics, from creating a character to running a game, and what it all means for people who share our favorite hobby. We may not be experts, but we do have pleasant voices and a wealth of gaming experience that we're eager to share with you. Our topic today is player absenteeism, but before we get into it, Colin, there was a thing that I mentioned the last time we recorded. Hmm, you're gonna... That has happened in between then and now. You know what that thing is? You're, you're gonna have to remind me because I, I blank out most of our episodes after they're done. I, uh, I respect your obliviousness. I just gotta delete, you know, room in my brain, just make room for more ideas. We only have so much space, but no, that thing <laughs> that I did between last time and this time, I got paid to run a game of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, I realized just before you said it exactly what it was that you were about to say, but that's... Yes, tell me about this. So, uh, this was facilitated by a very good friend of mine who had some co-workers who wanted to play, but mm, they could never right. find a DM. They could never really, like, make things happen. And he came to me and was like, hey, if we throw you some money... Will you set up and run a game for us? And like this was not just go and get everybody's character sheets and you know, run something off the cuff. Like they wanted an experience. So uh, I spent about the week before that writing up ten different character sheets for the six different players to choose from, uh, creating a dungeon and a scenario and a setting and NPCs and all of this. And I go in. And we are set up to run the game from, like, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. right after they all get out of work. Yeah. We ended up going until midnight because, one, I frankly just didn't balance the dungeon very well. One-shots are not really my forte. Fair, and fair. this was, like, the third time I've really tried to run one, especially with Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, but... More importantly, everybody was having a really good time. Which, like, three of the six players had never played Dungeons & Dragons or really any role-playing before. Ah. So they Very all kind well of just liked the idea of it. And then, like, I gave them these character sheets that had just the stats. And I was like, all right, flesh out the person that you are. And that was the first, you know, half hour or so is them all... Figuring out, all right, what makes sense? Who am I? What's my name? How do I move through the world? And it just got slapdash hilarious at certain points. And as, like, as I never it happens. Really, oh, of course. Like, you can't bring that many players in and not have things get a little bit goofy. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've never really run a lot of combat-oriented games this one was a little more combat heavy by necessity because when you're running like a dungeon one shot that's pretty much what it's got to be you have your little bit of investigation to figure out what the dungeon is you have a couple of traps for the skill monkey to disarm and then fights uh, but they all handled it really well i kind of simplified the rules a little bit and i think a little bit later on i would like to do it maybe one or two more times before we talk about gaming in that vein on the podcast mm. but i think there is a lot to explore with like the entire concept of like 
professional, and that's big with the biggest air quotes that I can manage. Huge DMing. air quotes. The biggest air quotes. All right, all right, all right. So what have you been up to? Well, I mean, first of all, I'm going to question you just a little bit on this on this game experience that, that you had there. Uh, you can't just escape out. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. Right, exactly. I guess if you must question me I, on uh, the exact topic that we're talking pretty about. Much first, first off, importantly, is there going to be another session? Um, there have been requests for another session. Scheduling uh, this one will be a bit trickier as one of the players um, basically left for California the next day. Who? Like, permanently to California? Well, uh, you know, if it was if it was more combat-oriented and not quite story-oriented uh, anyways, it's probably still manageable. Yeah, we were figuring out basically like when it would work for everybody and how to remote him in and what exactly we would want it to be. Um, but yeah, the desire for another session is there and that's mutual from all parties. Are they going to pay you again? In theory, yes. That was not like to the letter discussed, but... I think the idea is yes, because of the amount of work that I put in and, like, the time that it takes. Because they all know if I'm doing that, I'm not working that day because of the nature of my day-to-day -day job. Right, right, right. Exactly. Huh. Well, I am glad to hear that it went well. Did you pass my hello on to, uh, to your friend? I did indeed, yeah. Ah, good. Does he remember me? He does. Ah, yeah. splendid. It's always good to be memorable. Speaking of speaking of memory, um, <clears throat> we had a little bit of a lull in our game, and I had kind of forgotten where we were when we got back into it, which was terrible because I had said that there would, the chapter closer was going to be the next session that we ran. But since I had a huge oh. certification test, uh, I, I completely kind of called off gaming for the week. Uh, in order to focus on on passing. So I, I sort of blanked out where I was on things, but it's okay. I did as I always do and panicked out a session, completely improvisational, uh, which is usually where some of my best work comes from when I'm pushed to that very edge of needing to perform a, a session that is to everybody's standards without having done any prep work um, I, I usually pull it out of a hat pretty well. I, I often say this about you when I am talking about you to other people. You are one of the most talented improvisers I have ever had the pleasure to work with. That is and so super kind. And I am including like, professional improvisational actors in that as well. That's so nice and inspires me to quit my terrible 9-to-5 job and seek out New York. Hey, you know what? UCB is here, and we got like <laughs> Saturday Night Live. Yeah, why not? I mean, why not? Go for it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll just Quit your live. Job. Move out here. Live in your closet. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about the size of my first bedroom. There we go. There we go. That's the New York I'm used to hearing about. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> but in the case that I can't anytime soon, let's talk a little bit about player absenteeism 
let's do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, you came to me with this topic. I did. And I immediately got a little bit excited about it because I have some things to say on this one. Perfect. But I am curious to know if there was any sort of inciting incident in your couple of weeks since we've actually done a recording that brought this up. Yes, actually. I've had uh, a number of player absenteeism issues plaguing some of my games that have been going on. Now, I have the benefit of running a, uh, a two weekly games, which is hard to do with people's busy schedules, and I'm not sure how long I'll be able to keep it up, honestly. However, of course. yeah. However, as long as I can run these these weekly games, it means that every now and then people are going to uh, not be able to make it or they oversleep uh, through the session and then decide not to come over because it would be too late anyways and there's no point. And I have to do something about it because my games are very story narratively focused. Every player has, um, has, has a part to play, has an importance um, to bring to the table. And sometimes where we end sessions, it's in the middle of kind of dramatic pieces that included that character. And so when they can't show up, we're left with an option. Do we just not play the session that night, let another week go on? Or do we push on anyways? And, um, that's that's part of the body of uh, why I brought up this this subject. Because I'd like to give a little bit of my personal take on it and my experience with it, just in case anybody else has had similar issues. Of course, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't and say it's huge, huge, huge. But it is. It has been relevant of late. Well, and it is also the sort of issue that can make it so that either a player leaves the game or. A game falls apart. Yes, absolutely true. And a lot of that depends on the response that the DM and the other players have. Yeah, exactly. Um, Like with one of our, well, I mean, he was actually, excuse me, he was actually in both campaigns that we were doing weekly with this group that I've been running with for a few years now. Uh, We had a player who would occasionally, like, maybe four nights out of ten when it got right down to it. He just wouldn't be able to make it. Okay. Four nights out of ten. Yeah. Like, basically, not quite every other week, but every other week minus one here or there. He would just have something else going on, or he wouldn't be able to make it, or he'd be working, and, you know, the night went long, and all of that stuff. And we've all been there. Yes. Like, we we really have. Everybody's got those nights where things just don't work out. And it's unexpected and you don't know until like the day of that, oh, I'm not going to be able to make it today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. The day ofs. Which is always the worst way to handle it. And I I truly believe anybody who has to cancel on their group day of does feel bad and should not be shamed into feeling worse because there is no sense of shame that I have ever felt like having to make the call an hour before the the session is supposed to start and be like, I'm not going to make it. Things got crazy. I am so sorry. Well, of course, it, it also depends on exactly why they're flaking. 
this is true. It's a very different story if somebody's like, hey, I got a flat tire and I'm stuck, you know, 40 miles away. Definitely not going to make it. Or if they're like, hey, I took a nap after work and slept through my alarm and you're two hours into the session and I'm just telling you this now. Or, you know, sometimes, hey, I just not feeling it tonight. See, I don't truck with the just not feeling it. I've had it happen once or twice, honestly. Oh, certainly. Like, and there's very little that you can actually do about it if somebody actually isn't up for it. Role-playing is a very intensive thing, and, you know, especially in the sorts of games that we play where it's very character-driven and very role-play heavy, it's demanding. All I prefer is that if a player is going to cancel because they just don't know they're going to be feeling it, let me know more than an hour before gaming so that I can let the rest of the players know that they might want to make alternate plans so it's not like a sunk cost of the evening. Right. That's all. That's all that I really require is that as soon as you know you're not going to be able to make it, let everybody in the group know so that we can decide if we're going to still meet or if we have other things that we'd like to accomplish that evening uh, rather than, you know, everybody showing up uh, at the at the place for the game only to find out that a pivotal person canceled uh, only like, you know, 20 minutes ago and we're not going to be able to game and they drove all the way out there for nothing. I'm of the opinion that it should be treated like a doctor's appointment where if you don't cancel 24 hours ahead of time, you pay. <laughs> and obviously I don't mean you pay me money, although I would like that. I always like it when people pay me money. Oh, of course, yes. But there should be some sort of abstract friendship cost. Maybe next Abstract week you show up cost. with a six-pack of beer. Mm. Something like that, you know? Okay, I'm I'm fine with that in theory. However, in practice, I wouldn't want to say, and now you owe a friendship cost. I would like it more if that person would just take it upon themselves to, oh, of course. Um, to be like, all right, and now I've brought this. Sorry about the last week. And then we can all say, ah, it's all good, and then move on. Right. Because if you can say, ah, it's all good, and move on, then everything is hunky-dory, and nobody's upset. Perfect. Now, here, I'm putting you on the spot. It is game night. You have a pivotal lead role character, always in the spotlight, always kind of directing along the plot. You've got everybody at the table, and now, for whatever reason, and a justified reason, that player cannot make it. What do you do? How do you handle this absenteeism? Well, there are a few in-the-moment choices that you have. Sure. Um, in the case of the game that I normally play, what we often do is we will either swap to the other game, depending on the player who is missing, or we'll actually just, like, roll up a one-shot or play around with that new system we've been thinking about. Yeah. Uh, this has been the plan that has developed over a few years of being with this one particular core group. Okay. And it's something that we've done numerous times. 
if we didn't have the trust among the group to be like, oh, hey, um, so-and-so can't make it tonight. Do you guys want to try out masks? Because, like, we all know the way that we play and we know that we can jump into a new game as long as it's, like, low stakes, at least for the first session, relatively easily. If I didn't have that group and it was, like, a bunch of people that I didn't know very well and had been playing with for, like, three or four sessions or back in the early days of being with this group, we would occasionally cancel the night. Hmm. And that's, you know, sometimes it turns into a let's hang out and play video games and drink some beers and just shoot the shit and see where it takes us. Sure. But sometimes that was, all right, uh, I guess I'm going to take the half hour walk home. Hopefully it's not January and 22 degrees outside. Bye. And that sucks. That always sucks. There's no way around that being a very unfortunate situation. Yeah, 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 no kidding. Absolutely. But now you you just you just roll out like a like a game to do in the meantime. And sometimes it's a board game, you know, something that we can just roll into very easily. But generally speaking, like that actually happened um last week in my Monday night game where one of our players who, when we made the switch from Wednesdays to Mondays, he told us, Mondays aren't good for me. Yep. And we made that switch because Mondays were the best day for everyone else, and we kind of knew it was a it was a risky move. But it's generally worked out. Uh, but he had a prior commitment, and he let us know a couple of days ahead of time, like, just so you guys have this in mind, I'm not going to be joining in on Monday, so do what you will. This is unfortunately coming right in between arcs. So, like, we just finished up the preparation to go on our next big quest. Right. So we've been preparing for the next big quest for, like, four months in real time. And there keep being these delays and they're we keep having these like little bumps in the road. So it's sort of getting to the point where if that happens again, it might be the breaking point for this player in this game, which would suck. I don't want to lose him in the game. Right, of course. Yeah. But there comes a point where you have to cut your losses in one place or the other. And sometimes that means killing the session to keep the friend, and sometimes that means saying, hey, if you can't make it, we'll try to fit you in in something else, but we've got to move on. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. I think it also helps in this situation. I can be a little bit more flippant about it because I didn't know him outside of the game in any context. And he's the player who remotes in. So he's the one I know the least anyway. I think if it was a situation where it was like, my longtime very good friend is the one who is not being able to make it, and losing them in the game would be really difficult. That would have a different emotional toll. I see. <sighs> well, that is definitely one way to handle it. Have you ever handled it in a different way, in a different group? Yes. Um, 
there have been times when, and it honestly depends on what the options are, like, earlier with this same group, because of this absenteeism, and knowing that something was coming up where one of our players was going to have a weekly Wednesday night paid commitment, like, a paid music gig, doing the thing that he actually wants to do with his life. That was a big part of the impetus for us to change from Wednesdays to Mondays, so that he wouldn't be missing sessions. Right, of course. So, like, we have completely rescheduled for a similar issue before. Um, unfortunately, since those were kind of the only nights that ever worked for anybody, and they never, like, Wednesdays never really worked for me, because of the nature of the freelance work that I do, I can't take work on a Wednesday and expect to be out in time to make it to game night. I can take work on a Monday and generally expect for that to be fine. So, like, for me and one of our other players, Mondays are the only weekdays that are even close to consistently reliable. Everything else is a crapshoot. Um... And for two of our other players, like, they work service industry jobs. So weekends, right. like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, are all out. Yeah, yeah, that would that makes sense. So when it comes down to it, our only other real option was Tuesdays. And Tuesdays were also out for another prior commitment for another player. So it's like, this is what we've got. Uh, but... Aside from the specifics of my group, which don't actually matter to what we're talking about all that much, the only other way that I have actually seen it dealt with other than, like, saying, alright, it's been fun to one of your players, sure. is pretty much some other form of compromise. If you're not going to change the day, change the time. If you can't change the time, change the format. Like, maybe you go... Like a slower form text-based, which is a completely different style of role-playing, but is still a lot of fun for a lot of people. And you said that your your group specifically, it wasn't necessarily the the important aspect, but I, I think I think it is. I think be, depending on the group that you're in, the amount of trust that you have between your players and your storyteller, and you know the amount of friendship, I guess that that you that you've got within the group. Uh, kind of makes certain options more viable than others. For instance, we'll we'll talk about my group for for just a minute here. Please um, do. Beforehand, for years, it, it came to be that if it was an important player and they were absent, we would play something else. Or we would play a version of the of the session that didn't involve their character. Um, but then it got complicated because I'd have to run what that character was up to. And, I, and I'll get into this because these are all viable options to deal with player absenteeism. But first, I'll go over where I'm currently at. So with the two games that I have going on now, both of them are running around about the same timeline in the same city. So, And there are players between both games. So crossovers happen. And, and the way I kind of presented this uh, to everybody is that uh, I told them that I was going to get to know their characters very, very well. And um, 
I I like to uh, to think of myself as someone who is very um, attentive to the way that people play their characters and attentive to NPCs, uh, to characterizations in general. Um, and so I, I take notes, uh, actual written notes while the game is going on, on how people play their characters, in, including mannerisms that the players use in order to get into character or, or, to, or the affectations they put on for their character's voice. Usually I need a couple of sessions to go by before I've got a pretty general idea of how that, of what that player values, uh, or what that character values, how that character acts. Uh, and, and how that character's relationships are kind of going within the context of the group. At which point in time is it? All right. Essentially, if you let me know of an unavoidable situation, you know, uh, more than 24 hours before the game, and you would like us to not run it, that's fine. No big deal. We can reschedule. If something, and if like, if, if a big emergency comes up, an unavoidable thing, and you need me to to hold off on the game and that's that's on the day of just let me know early enough cool however if all of my players are gathered here and they haven't made any other plans for the evening they're they're sunk and they want to play this game and you can't make it i need your permission this is this is with just my group this is right this is our group right now <clears throat> to play your character I will first liaise with you via messenger, whatever, um, at, uh, let you know a little bit of what's going on in that evening. And uh, if there are any strong notes you want your character to portray for the evening. Generally, a PC NPC is what they is what I call them, is when they temporarily become controlled by me in an NPC sense. I have them take a relatively backseat role. They're not in the main spotlight of the game, but they're also not completely absent the game. If I can find a way to shuffle them off screen to doing something important that doesn't involve the main methodology of the group, I will. But if they just if their character would be there and would be helping. I handle it. I play the character uh, as if they were an, an NPC. Uh, so far, that has worked out exceedingly well for for my group. Um, one player uh, had to drop from Friday, uh, my Friday game, but had a character in the game um, that was that was fairly important to the plot. And so I was like, okay, you have to drop. I get it. Can I just play your character rather than just pretend like they never existed? Because it was fairly early on in the game. And they're like, uh, yeah, sure. Just kind of let me know what's going on with them, I guess. Because, you know, the, both games are, are linked. And I've been playing that character uh, this entire time. And <laughs> uh, a lot of insanely interesting plots have happened because of the NPC process to that character. And I didn't have to shoehorn a reason for that character to unexpectedly like explode or, or die the minute that he dropped out of the game um I, I i just i just ran with the character based on all the notes that i had uh, collected about how this player played their character and uh they're very satisfied with how i'm playing it uh to like to the extent where they kind of wish they were still playing because they would just pick up from where i am and and continue on these these very interesting plots that I've that I've kind of gotten them involved in. Oh yeah. 
So the process you're describing, I have mm. heard referred to as ghosting a player character. Ooh, ghosting. Okay. And uh, with some, a couple of the characters in our games, we still occasionally do that. Like we have one, um, the player had to leave the game uh, because he had to move out of the state and the DM still occasionally reminds us that the character is still around. Like, he hasn't left yet. Uh, and he was a, a man of very few words, so it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter that he's not there for the character-to-character -character interactions, and he doesn't really <laughs> do much in combat. He's just still present. And part of that is the hope that Eventually, the, that player will be able to remote in and will be able to just kind of pick up where we were. Um, but another part of it is kind of a sentimentality of not wanting to let go of the character. Yeah, sure. And I think a lot of that comes from no one in this group being particularly willing to try to actually play someone else's character. Mm. And I know... You're fairly unique in this because of the skills that you have embodying various characters and making the right choices along with that. I don't think very many DMs or storytellers or whatever you want to call us would make that choice. Well, it because it's incredibly yeah, intimidating. It it is. It absolutely is because it takes away in a certain sense some of the player autonomy. It you have to have trust with the person that's running your game, with who you entrust your character to. I've also heard of a methodology of, as you say, ghosting, that involves um, uh, a group of two to three players that are kind of formed a, a small committee that decide what that character would have done. And that player is like, all right, as long as you three guys can agree that that's what my player would do, uh, that's what my character would do, that's what my character would do. In order to keep it so that one character or rather one player in the game doesn't make the um pc npc do something that would just benefit their character instead it's more of a discussion over what they think the player would have that character do in that situation <laughs> see i've always heard and occasionally seen players running multiple characters in a particular game i have yet to see multiple players running one character and i am now enamored with that idea <laughs> that that could make a really interesting session i'm just saying it really could what if oh man somebody posited this game to me i don't remember who posited this game to me um that um all of the players play one of a one fragmented personality in one person's head. That would be very interesting. Yeah, interesting how you um, how you'd organize that game and and how you'd how you'd make it work, but kind of intriguing, isn't it? Like an interesting challenge. I'm trying to think about mechanically mm -hmm. how I would handle that. Uh, well. The, the best way to handle that would be most of the uh, most of the action would have to be done via debate and mindscapes. So you'd have to have a lot of the session happening within mindscapes with uh, certain caveats during the game to have uh, one sheet of physical and uh, one sheet of physical and mental stats that you get to hand off to the player and 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 everyone gets to kind of watch what that one in control is having the person do. I see. Mm -hmm. 
I like it. Yeah, so like sort of an Osmosis Jones feel in a certain sense. <laughs> I think that's our first Osmosis Jones poll in this podcast. That's I I think that's fair. I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's certainly fair. Oh my goodness. Was Kevin Klein one of the voices in that movie? Oh, don't ask me about voices. I can't. I can't even I can't even do with actors faces. It's all good. <laughs> but but uh so depending on what your policy is, the name of the name of the game is when you have a player absent, do you cancel, do you defer, or do you continue? Uh, those are those are kind of your your choices that it comes down to. You can either break or do something completely unrelated. You can defer the session offwards and try to do something that doesn't involve that player, or you can continue on with them, either ignored or NPC'd. And honestly, a lot of it does come down to the discretion of your group, right. because if a certain character is. And, you know, to use D&D &D as an example, because this is where it happens most often, as far as I've seen. Yep. If you've got your combat monster and that player doesn't show up that night, you're not going to lose out on a lot of role-playing opportunities. But you might lose out on some survivability options. You might. And that's up to the DM to say, like, all right, your main damage dealer isn't here Maybe I'll tone down the encounter that I had planned. Maybe I won't actually have an encounter if I'm running with a group that's willing to just roleplay for a night. There are options. None of them are particularly ideal, but they'll work. Here's a possible. However, okay, got it. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, if you have a player missing who you know is like. Well, we're here investigating this person's backstory. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and they're not here. You don't have a choice. At that point, you can't keep going without them. Yeah. You can't really say like, oh, no, finding out who your real parents are, we'll let the other characters take care of that. <laughs> you can just pick up their notes later on. They'll they'll let you know. They'll cue you in when it's important. <laughs> well, here's here's an in, here's here's a thing. Here's a thing that you might consider mm -hmm. doing. Anybody who's who's listening uh, and are in this in this situation in terms of the game, here's something you might consider doing. Um, <clears throat> write down uh, your character's most important goals. Give them three to five goals and order them in in areas of importance. It doesn't have to be a one to five. You can have like three ones and then like the rest of them be like two, three, or whatever. You 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 can have things of equal importance. But write down your character's main goals. Write down um, what you would consider to be your character's uh, your character's main um, well, of course, their their alignment or their virtue and vice or or what or what have you. Uh, and any hard lines. My character would never kill an innocent. My character would never allow a bad guy to live. Write these down on a note card or something like that and hand it to the DM. Uh, especially if you think that you're about to walk into a or you're about to enter into a location where your participation might become a little swimmy, a little valid, a little a little off. And then 
on it, this is, you know, all of this is, is optional, but you might consider writing down uh, the names of some of the players that you think understand your player the best, your, your character the best, and who you'd feel comfortable making those making those those decisions for you. Or if you're fine just letting the DM do it, just, you know, default, say, the DM. And then hand those cards to the DM and let the DM hold it. Not only does it give the DM kind of a little quick fact sheet that, that sort of condenses your character's main ethos, like all of their their details into a into a tiny, very easy to read uh flashcard. Um, which which helps them for developing their plot, but it also gives everybody kind of a guideline, something to hold each other to if they do need to roleplay your character when you're not there. In a, in a way that you know, in a way that you can salvage, because as long as none of your big lines are crossed, as long as your goals are paid attention to, as long as your character traits are played, then. If there's some things that you're like, I don't know if they would have done that, it, it'll probably be more on the minor side, and you can kind of correct that as you go on, but there won't be any glaring inconsistencies. Now, let me ask you a follow-up to that. Sure. We have been talking a lot about gaming groups and sessions and stories that are very roleplay heavy. Sure, sure, sure. Very character-driven. Yep. How would you solve this problem for a group that mostly, let's say it's the uh, miniatures and maps sort of players? Sure, sure, sure. If one of their people doesn't show up, what do they do that night? Uh, I'd say, um, I mean, like, it depends, of course, depending on how possessive you are of that of that character um, and and, you know, how you want it. I'd say if it's a final boss fight that they're walking into, hold off. It's better to, to face that climactics with everybody. And I, and I mean that in a sense for pretty much any game. If it's a climax, you kind of want everybody to be there for it. Um, if we're talking if we're talking otherwise, I think some of the important elements is like loot divvying. And uh, I think that a good rule to follow would be if the player isn't there to make claim on the loop, loot and yet you use their character as an npc you can't divvy up the loot until they get their say in how they would do it if you're going to use the character to help you earn the loot then you can't divvy it up without them being around to tell you exactly what they would want i think that sounds fair i think it sounds fair too and i think that if you if there isn't as much of a story element or a strong role uh, or strong role playing but you definitely need just numbers crunchy damage dealer to go out i think the dm should always keep a copy of their character's sheets just on hand I was just about to ask you about yeah, that there you go yeah no i think i think well, heavy role playing or just, or if you're more into the kick the doors down, kill the monsters, number crunchy games, I think the DM should always have the character sheets updated so that they have an idea of both the capabilities of their characters and kind of how to, it, it's, it's, a, it's a helpful guide. It's, we'll get into this in another podcast, in, in a podcast that I, that I like to call the, like the GM guide, the GM materials, uh, how, how you might present uh, or how you might organize um, a long-standing session and the materials that you might need for that. that that'll be that, that is a whole different thing that we're going to get into another time. However, uh, I think it is vitally important that you have the metrics of, of what your characters bring to the table in terms of mechanics on hand 
for any number of reasons, especially in an absentee situation where you are going to still make use of their character. Because if they have the only copy of their character sheet, all you can do is guesstimate what their actual abilities are. Right, and that generally doesn't go very well. Exactly. You either shoot too high or you shoot too low. Yeah, and I will say, this is a good rule of thumb for any player, any GM, any anybody. If you have access to a scanner, mm. scan in your copy sheet, or your character sheet. Yep. If you have access to Photoshop or, like, um, the PDF program. Adobe Acrobat? That's the one. Man, where is my brain? Mm, 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 uh, mm. You can make digital copies of almost every character sheet very easily nowadays. Yes, and sir. if you don't have that, if you've got a camera phone, just snap a photo of it. Like, having any sort of digitized copy of your sheet will make it so much easier if you do run into one of these situations and you're like, I can't make it, but I don't want it. I don't want that to stop everybody else's fun. Here's my sheet. Do what you think Corbett Dong Crush would do in this situation. That you That's the name that you just pull out? Uh that was the name of a Dungeon World character that I ran. Oh. Alright, say that name again. Corbett Dong Crush. <sighs> I'm actually I'm actually sadder that you you repeated it i didn't need actually that clarification now in retrospect (laughs) yeah but corbett had some very fine adventures oh i don't i don't want to know i don't want to know him (laughs) at one point he got magicked up and a stray dog licked up some of his blood off the sidewalk no and then he was like oh i'm adopting you your name is blood puppy now and then blood puppy grew like four feet tall over the course of that campaign oh well if no sorry it was blood tooth murder puppy thanks for that clarification now 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 the record can be straight if they had any reason to doubt our credibility before it is absolutely confirmed now uh why would that make anyone doubt who doesn't like a good comedy campaign now and then who some people some people, but we can get into that. <clears throat> yeah, and then I can tell those people all about my very, very serious Pathfinder character that I've been playing for like three years. Yep, that's... I'm a man of many talents, Colin. You should know this. You're a man of, of, of many tastes, I'll say. That is true. There we go. And... I like chocolate and pizza... Well, we're, we're going to let, I, I think it'd be great if we just let that fade off and that's the end of the podcast, but we do need a little bit of an out here, uh, (laughs) from whether your, whether your group can meet every week or once a month or even once every few months, everybody being there at the table, either physically or Skyped in or uh, remotely or remotely keyed in is important to moving the game along. Do you have any uh, unique uh, solutions that you've come up with as DMs or as players in order to handle player absenteeism? Hit us back. Let us know. We'd really like to read about it and then talk about it in a, in a subsequent episode. Uh, and if you have any if you have any idea to use 
anything that we've suggested and it's worked or hasn't worked, we'd also love to hear that as well. Any feedback is good feedback. Yes, please. And you can send all of that to us at dodecapodcast at gmail.com. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dodecapodcast. For both of that, for both of those, that's D-O-D-E-C-A podcast at gmail.com or after facebook.com slash. Thanks so much. Uh, And from both of us here at Dodecahedron, uh, I'm Colin Lamothe. And I'm Jess Vetters. Thanks so much for listening, and we look forward to having you listen again soon. Bye.